Dear Talkspace, we are pleased to advise you that your request for an extension has been approved. Hello, approved extension listeners. You're with Ben. And Freya. Freya's back <laughs> on the show with me, which is so exciting. Hello. Ha- hey, Ben. Thanks for having me back. I know. You did such a good job last time that I just had to have you back in the studio. Either that or you just like were desperate for a host. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take it. I'm happy to be back <laughs> with the big man. We have had a little bit of a loop-de-loop on what to talk about this week. Um, but I think we've settled on a fairly interesting topic, but maybe we should talk about both topics and see if people are actually interested in what you had to suggest for a later episode. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll see if there's any interest and then we can dabble in what everyone else thinks. Mm. I'm really interested and intrigued. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to tell us your idea or are you saving it? Um, yeah, I will. I will. No one can steal it. (laughs) (laughs) So essentially... Um, I really, really wanted to look into, without taking the piss, the rise of um, the lovely Frank Green. Mm. Um, so obviously, I feel like I want to take a stab in the dark and say that anyone, I don't even want to put age limit on it because I feel like everyone knows what it is. Like yeah. everyone either has one or I've seen them or knows what it is. So I want to know how did this brand infiltrate? I feel like it's been kind of a soft launch. Like I think previously there's been things that maybe have been like, ooh, like big marketing things like, wow. And they're at the forefront being like, yeah, we did this, this and this, but it's just been like a little subtle rise. And now it seems like they're everywhere. Like Mm. I felt obliged to get one. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think for listeners out there, if you have any ideas or experience with the matter, please reach out to Talkerspace <laughs> um, on Instagram to give Freya some sources for this highly intense journalistic This is a piece. promo. <laughs> we'll put some dramatic music over this. But also, um, yeah, if anyone even wants to come on. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a studio full of people. Yeah. Oh, my God, we should. Because I'm a Frank Green owner. You're a Frank Green <laughs> owner. We need someone who's not a a Frank Green owner. Yeah, to understand why. But this mm. is a serious bit of journalism, so we only have serious responses. Yeah. Um, no funny business. <laughs> On to what I think we will talk about today is another very serious journalistic matter that I'm personally dealing with. Um, I am, for those who don't know, a an editor for the QT Glass, so the university magazine... Um, at QT. Go off! <laughs> and I am currently in the process of writing an article for the magazine. Um, and it it's an interesting one. So it arose out of a student reaching out to us and expressing this feeling that they were having. Um, anonymous, unfortunately, so I cannot name and shame. But they were saying that they were feeling really uncertain and anxious about their degree because they felt that the rise in AI and how capable it's becoming of creating really in-depth prose, if you will, um, is making her degree irrelevant and she feels as though she's wasting all of this money, which I think is actually a really interesting 
viewpoint to have because I think all of this AI drama, chat, GPT, um, stuff like that going around, the rise in it being used and all the media coverage around it has been about cheating scandals and how it's is necessarily going to be used negatively in the education field um, by students. But I think it's interesting to flip it to then sort of go back to almost a viewpoint that we were having years and years ago about AI and making jobs redundant and useless. But I don't know, this idea of wasting money on a university degree is quite interesting to me. I think it's really interesting that someone actually brought this up because... I think it's something that, as you like, kind of mentioned, it hasn't been touched on. And when we kind of my first experience with AI, so obviously it's been developing a lot over the previous years, but my like first kind of hands-on was um, in, tu- in a tutorial this year. And they were like, yeah, so this AI is a great tool for like assisting with your journalism writing. And I just kind of thought that why isn't any and everyone in the class was like yeah that's so cool like I'm keen to see what it's like and I just wasn't sure why no one else could see the harm in it or was concerning especially from a like you know wanting to enter the industry of journalism um I think Mm. we've got to be realistic that there's already been jobs made redundant over the years like obviously um working spaces are a lot more limited now and I know it's changing like it's just developing a lot so hopefully there can be a way that they can manage um, kind of not letting this overrun yeah. journalists. No, because it was interesting. Um, we were talking about it before the show, for listeners out there, about <laughs> um, AI news accounts and media outlets. So it was a really scary thing as a journalist and student as well, myself, um, seeing these posts on TikTok, Instagram, whatever, um, that were, you know, presenters presenting the news, like, people, I say with air quotes, um, <laughs> presenting the news and looking all, like too realistic, but it was all AI and that's quite scary to me. Yeah, well. I think even we did a um, course on this about uni and just talking about fake news, obviously more prevalent with social media, but it was really interesting as well how um, a couple of years ago they were talking about how they can start to develop um you know, fake messaging so they could get, develop the president kind of delivering a message that was completely Mm, fabricated. Yeah, deep fakes. It's scary. And I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And I would like to think that we're tech savvy, but they are so fine-tuned that you can't tell the difference. I know. Like, when I first came across these AI news accounts, I didn't realise it was AI at first until seeing the account. It, It was very open about it. Like, they were not misleading me at all, but... I just didn't look at the account name or the description caption on the post or whatever. (laughs) It was just, you know, me being image, you know, addicted and loving looking at them that I just was so, I thought it was so real. And it was, yeah, it's crazy how much you don't notice about it. It'll be interesting moving forward to see what they do but I don't have you even looked at chat GBT yet have you dabbled yeah I have dabbled and it was actually really interesting I um because I came across <clears throat> in all of my research for this article no um <laughs> I, I had to use it yeah no I was because someone suggested that I use the like use it to write the article and self and see what it turned out like yeah 
I haven't done that yet. I'm kind of tempted to try it out and see what it is. But um, I used it as a research tool. I, and, oh God, I hope it's fine. No, it'll be fine if I admit this on air. I didn't use it to write an assignment, but I used it to help me... um, figure out research topics and ideas like I sort of spat in certain questions and it came back with really great ideas that I could use to further my research like I liked using it as a tool because it just made it so much easier and of course for any tutors or lecturers out there I did do my proper (laughs) research I did go to sources and double check what it was saying yeah but it is it was so interesting and I um I'm loving seeing all of the different ways that people are using it on social media. Like, people are using it to plan outfits. Um, I'm... Quite <laughs> That's cool. I know. They say, plan me a alternative alt-rock look from the 90s. Ooh. And apparently it's quite accurate. Yeah. Um, at least from the ones I've seen. But then also people are using it in most of their jobs, which is quite interesting to me because when I was reaching out for student opinion for this article, one of the students came back and said my boss used it to write my current job description. And I was thinking, that's that's so smart. Like, you could use it to do all of those menial tasks that you have in your job mm-hmm. just to make life so much easier. I think um, I kind of... I don't want to overuse it because I don't want to become... Because I feel like... Yeah, mm. and I feel like we're already, like, hand-fed so much stuff compared to what previous generations would have maybe have done. Like, even, you know, having Google and that kind of, like, everything's just, like, at our fingertips. I just don't... Like, using it, especially when I was asking it for pretty much ideas for a research topic, I was just... I don't know. It sort of makes me appreciate, yeah, research that people have previously done. Yeah. Because I'm just like, wow, people must have worked so hard yeah. to produce this work that is still being quoted from, you know, I don't yeah, know, the Yeah, and 80s because, or... like, the AI doesn't, it doesn't get, like, its information from nowhere. It's from people actually, like, sourcing it themselves mm. that have taught. Um, so we can claim that at least. We <laughs> at least everyone did that. But... I kind of, in my mind, I was like, I'll just use it as a good Google. Because I feel like Google itself, sometimes when you search stuff, can not kind of get the, like, this like specific thing you're looking for. Yeah. Like, I was using it because I just could not come up with anything. It was a legal research thing. So I just could not figure out a topic. Um, and I just popped my little question in. And um, it you know, spat out a few different research areas that I could look into. And so then I did a little bit of research into them and then, you know, popped it back in again to keep refining it and sort of keep going, which I thought was really, really helpful and quite a good tool to use positively for my assessment. Obviously not using it to write my assessment because that would (laughs) be silly and stupid. Oh, I'm a bit sus on you. (laughs) (laughs) No, hopefully no tutors are listening. Um, But I think that... It's just like it's crazy that it's actually happening now. It's actually a thing, but mm. it's really funny. I was laughing the other day because do you remember those um, library sessions we had to do at school? Ah, uh, yeah. In the Langer Library yeah. <laughs> with the librarians, and they would teach us how to do refined Google searches. And I never, never quite 
grasp the skill of a refined Google search. It was all like, use a quotation mark on these quote on these words, whatever. And use I do like I will use Google Scholar, obviously. But um yeah, I never listened and jokes on them because chat GBT, when you whack in the kind of question that maybe wasn't a refined Google search, it's all over it. Mm. Got what you want. Yeah. So, you know, I know. I just feel like I'm so incapable of research, unfortunately. It's all right. Yeah. I'll um, get over it. <laughs> but on the positive side of things, you know, as you said, you can have a cool outfit. I've seen that some people are using it to make meal plans or kind of be like, I've got these ingredients. What do I cook? Oh, my God. Does it actually know how to do that? Yeah. Apparently someone... Um, wanted to get fit and they were like can you make me this plan um in these five months what should i do what should i exercise what should i eat that type of thing and it just whipped out like a a plan did it actually work yeah no like did they go through the plan and review it i mean i don't know but that would be interesting to see if it actually worked two weeks on a chat gbt plan we could do that and we then we could. come back and review we could okay uh, i'll i'll allow it we'll do that all right <laughs> but i think what's really two weeks dressed by chat gbt <laughs> i do like that yeah oh my god i feel like i'd have to really have an extensive wardrobe for that no <laughs> But anyway, in my research and sort of popping together this article, it was interesting to come across all of the different fields that are quite concerned about it. So the initial student that reached out to Glass was a creative writing student. Yeah. Which I think is actually quite... I don't know. It's It really stood out to me because I've... With, with all of the years of AI discussion going on, the one thing that's sort of been drilled into any piece of media or work that's been produced about around it is that sort of people um, people facing industries and creative industries are most likely going to be safe because it seems like AI was wasn't capable mm-hmm. of you know knowing what people like to look at like to listen to but then obviously like interacting with people as well. Um, And it was weird to sort of hear from a creative industries person who's quite concerned about all of their work. And, um, I mean, I'm just going to read out a couple of these responses. (laughs) I can't see you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Ben's got his lappy over his face. I know. So one student reached out and said, I just had a class on this topic um, in creative industries. So the course, a QT. It sometimes seems like such a bleak future lull. I'm reading this word for word, by the way. I feel that the existence of AI-generated artworks especially undervalues artists as a whole. It takes a lifetime to learn the skills that AI can now do in a heartbeat at a much larger scale than we can comprehend. Artists seem to be coming increasingly redundant. Who knows if we will even have jobs when it comes time to graduate. Not to mention the numerous ethical and copyright concerns. I doubt I'm the only one a bit worried about what lies ahead. Oof. I know. Like, artists are worried about it. Like, mm. I thought that would have been a safe industry. Would you have assumed the same thing? Yeah. it's it's. I find it so sad. But then also, I think that, as they said, like, um, it takes a lifetime to learn the skills. I think mm. that's so true because you go to uni to develop that. And I think there's nothing more impressive. It's going to sound like a little bit simpy, but there's nothing more impressive than reading someone's 
Elsa's writing, you're like, that's so beautifully written. Or when you read a book and you're just in awe of like their writing and their, mm. their ability. And like, you want to become something like that. But now it just seems like, as I said, it can just do it at a drop of a hat. And yeah. it's just kind of taking away that really refined skill. Yeah. I just like, it, it makes me so worried, especially about all of the recent developments in AI with art and producing visual works. It's just, it's so interesting. It makes me think that the next big thing is AI will be able to, um, what's the word? develop a sense of taste behind um, creative works and be able to adhere to a certain caliber of um, audience and really engage them because they know what this audience likes and is able to produce things that... Like algorithm? Like algorithms, pretty much. But you know how when it comes to creative works, magazines even... You can just tell when someone has good taste yeah. in either the work that they put in, the um, pieces that they put together clothes-wise, stuff like that. Like, you know, that sort of really creative decision-making. Yeah. I think AI is possibly not quite there yet, but... But I'm... it's so early days and it's already so advanced. I know. <laughs> so if everyone found this, like, podcast doom and gloom. <laughs> I know. I think one of the things that... Um, has changed i think because i was initially really confused about why is it all of a sudden everywhere i feel like ai's existed for so long why is it all of a sudden on all of these media um outlets covering like the coverage is so expansive and i think the main thing that's changed is access because platforms like chat gpt became public free use you used to have to pay for something like that canva as well has recently released all of these exciting and um i saw that actually i was like oh ben will be throwing this i, I am and <laughs> i am the king <laughs> i know and i love it but they have recently included um new features in their recent updates that are ai mm-hmm. produced works but they just changed they literally changed the game yeah um, and it, that's what has changed. It's just access. It's so widely accessible now. And I don't know. It's weird what people are doing at, with it at their fingertips as well. One of the other students that reached out, which I think is um, interesting is, and I think we were talking about it before the show as well, is AI, um, although it can do all of these things, you do have to double check what it's doing, which I think is a really important filter that people are forgetting about when they're all doom and gloom, And I think people will become, like, potentially complacent, and I reckon there'll be a lot of um, interesting things. I know even just in America they um, had... There was a school shooting, I believe, and the the AI wrote the letter to the parents, something along those lines. They didn't. Yeah, it was something to do with that. I'm going to have to fact check that, but I believe it was something. I mean, yeah, even if that isn't real, the idea of that is just awful. Yeah, and... Um, the fact that you couldn't take 15 minutes to write a yeah, letter to parents. Yeah, and something that's serious, but I think there'll be a lot of even in the world of like, you know, looking at defamatory and stuff like that, there'll be a lot of things coming up. Yeah, that's actually a really important space to look at at the moment because there's a politician, 
God, was it Victorian or New South Wales? I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's currently suing AI producers or um, creators over something that ChatGPT said. Ooh, mm, there you go. I, I think there's a lot of that. Because, yeah. Because who do you go to? Like, is it just straight to chat GBT? Like, Well, that's what that's who he's suing. Right. Yeah, because it, it made defamatory statements about him being a criminal or accepting bribes or oh, something like that. Oh, so when typed in, it came up with that. Mm. Wow. Yeah, which um, is another interesting thing that I've come across in this article is legal liability and culpability. Mm-hmm. I think AI, and this comes back to the double-checking work, um, it's sort of AI can produce so many things, but in order for legal liability because we leave we live in a legalized world in australia everything comes back down to legal liability eventually if something goes wrong that's i think another important filter that will prevent ai from taking over all of the jobs because you need someone who knows what they're doing my dad he was he was the one that initially raised this to me because he uses ai and work as an engineer but then he said obviously we have to know what we're doing in order to double check the work that AI has produced and know it's right, in order to sign off and say this building is safe for people to walk into. Yeah. And um, we were discussing it over the example of driverless cars. Like, if you look at AI as a driverless car, you can't sue someone for. How does it work? If a driverless car gets into a crash, that's where that legal question of who do you sue comes into. And it's like, I feel like driverless cars is almost never going to really catch on because of that. Yeah, I hope not. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, no. But then it comes like another student reached out with a similar thing um, back to double checking. And uh, they said in engineering, a lot of UCs, which I don't actually know what it is, but I assume it's a type of assignment. Yeah. Um, are embracing it as a tool for the boring stuff that doesn't require technical knowledge. So I think mathematics, figuring out <laughs> stuff. Fair enough. I know. <laughs> they just didn't have time this semester to AI-proof the assessment, which I think is another interesting thing. This round of assessment, this term will be crazy yeah. with AI double-checking. Yeah. And he said, I foresee that a lot of presentations that engineering students have to do will have some very hard questions that they have to answer. Yeah. And um, I was discussing with him later and he said, um, yeah, it's it's going to be obvious when you have a seven produced assignment with a student who has a four level knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Sus. Mm. I reckon as well, unis don't know how to... I reckon they feel a bit overwhelmed with it as well. There's no way they can fully, you know, stop people from using it. And, like, if Turnitin doesn't pick it up, then it's kind of like how much can they mm-hmm. regulate it? Well, there's so many scary things going around. Um, I came across... This an, is a spooky podcast. I know, <laughs> it is. It's kind of a doom and gloom. Like, yeah. there are exciting things about it, but then so many scary things. Because I think what is going to happen and it goes back to the point of university and whether or not it's worth spending your money i think they're going to go back to almost more manual forms of assessment there were talks about going back to paper exams Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, um, for everything pretty much. And have you ever done a paper exam at uni? Yeah, my first yeah. year. Yeah, I did. back in the day. I know. How and crazy. I know. Before um, AI came around, I was just like, "There's no point in doing paper exams anymore because." When am I ever going to have to use a pen and paper to produce, in my case, a legal, you know, argument or legal Mm. essay? Of course, I'm going to be typing it up in the industry. And but then it's just like it's whether or not we'll go back to sort of more manual times of education. That would be really intriguing. I wouldn't mind it. I think it would be a really hard transition period for even students that are going through high school at the moment because I feel like we were sort of on the cusp of between handwriting and hand-produced work and technology. Mm. Um, But then I think ever since then, it's just gone so techno-based, especially with COVID and everything going online. Yeah that then all of these students and kids are so used to technology that they're just not even going to know what to do with a pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> like, do they even know how to handwrite? Like, I don't Would know. they have got their pen license? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about I that. never got mine. They just, like, it got to an age where it's like, yeah, you can just have it. Yeah, if you ever see Freya's handwriting, you'll, <laughs> no, you'll understand why. No, it's not that why. bad. <laughs> as long as I can read it, that's okay. I don't, hide, I don't hold my pen right, for starters. Mm. But, um... I think it's really interesting, even us, like we are um, Gen Z, but I think, as you said, we were kind of right in the cusp of this, the transition period of kind of getting rid of the old school. I think most of my schooling, particularly in early high school, was done with a lot of just pen and paper, mm. textbooks. I think that when we, we were given uh, computers, like little laptops in year seven to nine, but we just would return them at the end of the day mm. and just leave them to charge in the in the classroom. Oh my God, in one of those massive trolleys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'd have those. And I think when we were doing assignments on our computers, that felt really exciting and new, bit mm. bit rogue, that... We'd do an assignment. I think for essays, we'd obviously type it up, but then all exams, and we'd do written exams, um, pen and paper. And then I remember buying, like, lots and lots of textbooks, but I brought, I brought like, one textbook the entire time at uni. Mm, yeah. Physically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's been a doom and gloomy sort of podcast. Sorry, listeners. But I think it's an interesting and important thing to talk about. It's the real world. Yeah. So we're, de- we're debunking all the real world issues that I know. the lovely listeners will, will understand. Yeah. And I think for anyone really questioning about the worth of their degree, I think going back to... Unfortunately, that's one thing that I haven't come across in my research and asking people for what they think about the topic. There's just no answer because people just say the future of what AI is capable is so unknown. I think trying to really hold on to what you are capable, like your strengths are. (laughs) Remember your work. (laughs) I think that. But then if you want to be a realist and a bit of a... um, I was about to say sadist, but that's not the (laughs) word I'm looking for. Not the podcast. (laughs) Um, I think really focusing on that um, legal liability side to it is something that's at least bringing comfort to me because I think that's going to be one thing that prevents AI from progressing to a certain standard that makes all of us worthless. (laughs) Um, But in hindsight, I think that 
obviously still getting a degree there's lots of you know lots of good things to doing that not only do you get the satisfaction of a degree I don't know how long far along they are in their degree if it's early days and they're maybe contemplating I think that that gives you the opportunity to maybe do other interests if that's something you want to pursue but if you're about to graduate then it's just like I think at the end of the day uh, currently as it stands people are still very much going to value people having a degree and regardless of what industry you go into um, I think still having that kind of foundation is still better especially yeah. when they're developing so it's like- I think because then the one thing and I think this is something I've just come up with now is there's going to be a transition period. I think they're going to need people who know what they're doing in their industries in order to, I don't know, if they're going to implement AI in that particular industry. They're going to need to know, they're going to need people to know what they're doing in order to teach the AI to do these jobs. So I think breathe. Everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's interesting. I think just remember, a solar flare could happen any day, and technology is all wiped out. So, <laughs> what's a solar flare? I don't know. Just something that causes. <laughs> I don't know. It was something I saw in an apocalypse movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's not from Google Scholar. <laughs> That's not from ChatGPT. We can fake sources. But anyway, I unfortunately don't have the answer. I don't think anyone does. The more people you ask, which is something I'm dealing with with this article, unfortunately. Um, but breathe. There'll be a transition period. You will be fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Just go ask ChatGPT how to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> how do I get rid of stress and anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. AI have given therapy. Oh, should we see if it does if it does that? Oh, that's an activity for after the podcast. Yeah. I don't want my reaction recorded. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're running out of time. It's been real. This has been Talk of Fates approved Talk extension. Talk of Fates. That was really bad. High five as well. Okay, oh, there we go. That's better. Chat GPT <laughs> couldn't do that. <laughs> Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Talker Space Approved Extension is the podcast that talks all things uni. We're bringing you chats about what it's like being a uni student, uni music, and the world of pop culture, as well as bringing you longer chats with the interesting people in Brisbane. Listen in every Friday morning on your favourite podcasting app. This podcast was recorded on Turrible land, always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. <laughs>